Today's episode is episode 159, and today's episode is called Deep Thinking Misfits. Today's episode is an episode close to my heart, and it's something I wanted to talk about today, deep thinking, because it's something I have been struggling with. It's something I've struggled with my whole life, and it's in recent weeks that I wanted to have more of a resolution in myself about being a deep thinker because it's caused me a lot of problems over, over the years. So I found a book called The Power of Misfits. What's the subtitle? Let's get it there. The Power of Misfits, How to Find Your Place in a World You Don't Fit In. So that subtitle pretty much sums up my life experience when I wasn't living in denial. So what I liked about this book was that it normalized deep thinking for me. It helped me to understand understand myself better. It helped me to also to understand that there's probably more people out there in the world like me. They might be in the minor- minority right now, but they're out there. Because in the book, it talks about maybe 4% of people are deep thinkers, maybe even less than that. And that would be my experience of day-to-day life, that unless I intentionally try and seek out deep thinkers, I don't randomly come across them in my day-to-day life. I'll randomly come across people who are more in the conventional sense of just going through their day talking about things they're supposed to be talking about, not really questioning a lot of things. So I found this very difficult because when you're in the minority like that, and when there are people around you who could be deep thinkers, but are also just ashamed and embarrassed about talking in a way that feels natural to them, it's a very isolating experience. And what's happened in my life is that I wasn't, I didn't know you could try and figure out who you are at your core. And I also felt that because I felt different that I did. So the things that will help you help you to understand whether you're a deep thinker or not, it goes through this kind of stuff in the book, but it's, do you not like small talk? Do you tend to think about the world? Think about existential questions about the world. Like what is life? Where did we come from? Take those things like to heart seriously, that that's, that's, something that you value it fundamentally ties into your values as a person so when you stop doing these things it doesn't actually help you because it's not how you naturally are so that's been my experience that i've naturally been inclined to be like that i've never as a child i always kind of noticed i didn't really like small talk again i did of course i didn't have the language to understand that about myself i didn't know the difference between small talk and real conversations back then but I always had that sense that I just don't enjoy small talk. And then when I saw everybody else engaging in small talk, I felt like there's something wrong with me, something fundamentally wrong with me that I feel like this. And I need to change myself. I need to be different. And that's been the trajectory of my life. Then what actually happened in my life, and it's why the mental breakdown I went through was painful, very painful, but it, it provided me with a lot of value because there's two fundamental revelations I had when I went, went through my mental breakdown. It was at, at my core, I was here to be an artist and my artistry comes through my writing and through the podcast now. And the other thing was the deep thinking. That was the other revelation I had. And at that time, it didn't make sense to me. And what it felt like looking back on it was that I lived my life so against how I naturally was for so long in my life because I didn't understand it. I felt... I was odd, a misfit also. So I had to try and fit in and, and look conventional on the surface. So 
what I want to talk, why I'm talking about deep thinking today, why I've done a podcast, why I've created a podcast in general, is to, to help people like me. So if you're somebody who's inclined to be a deep thinker naturally, if you're somebody who's artistic, and yet you've lived in a world for so long where you've gone against how you naturally are, my intention with this podcast in general and with my writing is to normalize this stuff for you. Because it's not a black and white thing either. It wasn't like I woke up one day and realized I was a deep thinker and everything kind of clicked in and I went against the green or whatever. It's been a very slow process, but it's also been coming back to my true nature. It's, it's given me a sense of peace that I never had in my life. It's a sense of peace mentally in my own mind because the struggles you're dealing with when you're a misfit, when you feel like a misfit and you're trying to pretend to be somebody you're not, there's a constant hum of judgment in your mind. And I even felt that up until recently when I've been looking for more of a resolution with this, because the struggle I've had with deep thinking still to this day has been that I'm still weird for wanting real conversations. And it feels like it's a very weird thing to, to try and unravel because it feels like from living in a simplistic black and white world that you get conditioned into believing that there's black and white solutions, even though you've gone through processes where you've realized it's not that way at all, but you still struggle initially with that around a new problem that you haven't found resolution with. So with this black and white way of thinking with the being a deep thinker, which I find difficult when you have conversations with people. I think some of it might be down to the way that I still judge myself for being a deep thinker. I still feel like I need to change myself. It is actually a horrible experience that you feel like you need to fundamentally change who you are to fit in with people. I think the affirmation I mentioned about, uh, maybe it's in the next episode, but there's an affirmation I'm doing where I've decided I'm more committed to being myself than making other people feel comfortable. That's probably helped me to take this a bit more seriously and to get some sort of resolution here. Because what the way I feel with this stuff, I don't particularly like small talk. But um, it's not like I'm anti-small talk either. Where it becomes a problem, though, is if I'm in a group and the whole thing is small talk. That's where I really struggle. And that's when I don't want to go out so much anymore. But when there's maybe 30% of it is small talk and there's actually a real conversation intermingled there as well, where you're actually talking to people, getting to know them properly. And, uh, and even just talking, even like another thing that I like talking about is something that's got depth to it. Just talking to somebody who's got a perspective on life, who's taught about these questions. So when you think about questions like what's the meaning of life and all that type of stuff, it's not necessarily that you'll start with that question because there is no answer to that question. It's actually just a way of living. When you take those questions seriously, you just pay attention to different things in your environment and then you'll start talking about those things you notice in your environment. So it will actually feel like a normal conversation. Well, what's normal? It's all relative. But it's not like you're going to be talking about what's the meaning of life and, and, and bothering yourself that way because that's the way it manifested for me for a while when I didn't understand when I wasn't comfortable with myself, this is all about being comfortable with, with yourself, owning who you are, making a, drawing a line in the sand that I'm no longer willing to judge myself for being who I am. I'm going to just allow things to unfold. Because the other side of this, I think I was, I was, there was an element of avoiding painful emotions, painful realizations that 
I just can't live a lie anymore. I can't, I can't live, I can't continuously put up this facade that I'm not happy with. And again, it'll be an unraveling process. It's not like you're going to stick, you're going to click your fingers and it'll be all natural the next day because you're going on a natural process. If you try and go black and white in it, it'll be, it'll feel forced and it won't feel real anyway. You'll, you'll overcompensate on things. So that book, anyway, The Power of Misfits that I started reading, that really helped me because it, it helped me to realize that I wasn't alone. I wasn't alone in how I felt, even though there isn't a lot of people like this, there's still a percentage of people in the world like this. And uh, it's not that I'm, it's not that there's something wrong with me, that something needs to be changed in me. Because I've had the experience when I, when I tried to be somebody I'm not, that's actually when I had mental health, mental health issues. That's when I had a mental illness was from, I made myself sick from trying to be like other people. And uh, the other thing I, I feel is that I think the world needs more deep thinkers. You can't have a civilization where people are continuously engaging in small talk and letting their mind open to mind control also, just being in this kind of consumption cycle, not properly thinking through things, thinking through what they want from their life, thinking through what their values are and rather than a society that will place the values on you and tell you what you want and how to think and how to feel. And I think the society needs more deep thinkers in the world, or at least, at least the deep thinkers in the world to be comfortable in themselves, to allow themselves to be comfortable in themselves. It's just this fundamental appreciation that people are different. And it's very, very nuanced. And it's just about respecting people. So the way I kind of go about things also is that I don't, impose my will on other people i don't tell them how to behave with me or i don't enforce conversations on people my struggle though has been not accepting who i am and that's why i'm talking about this today that's why i'm talking about the book the powers of misfits give it a read if you're if you, if you feel like you're a, possibly a deep thinker a, a, an artist type which you probably are if you've been listening to this podcast for quite a while so if at least the deep thinkers are comfortable being themselves, we'd have, a, we'd have more people showing up as deep thinkers and engaging in conversations that need to be had and innovations and different things that need to be created. So when I think of diversity and inclusion, I know it's becoming more popular today. I think more so on this level of who people really are at their core, more so than on a race level, a sex level, a gender level, sex and gender, same thing. Uh, on that type of thing, that's the way I think about it. That's been my experience that I, I know I'm not alone in this because you also get a feel when somebody's naturally being themselves. And I also find that that is very rare. Also, it's probably 1% of people I meet. I feel like they're natural. They've got a self-acceptance and they're naturally being themselves. That's what I aspire to. That's, that's why I do these things because I, I want to be that person because the thing is, why that's powerful to come across somebody who's naturally comfortable in themselves, it starts rubbing off on you. It starts like it starts rubbing off on you. It's like an osmosis process. That's the I think it's like the is it trickle effect? It just spreads outwards and you're you're not necessarily doing anything, you're just being yourself. So that's the way I would think of diversity and inclusion. Sometimes I see that kind of go wrong when it feels like enforced diversity and inclusion that diversity and inclusion for the sake of it, kind of like CSR for the sake of it, or anything for the sake of it. Anytime when you're doing things to be seen to be doing things, you're going down a rabbit hole at the wrong path. I find like true diversity and inclusion 
would be helping people to understand themselves better so they're not judging themselves. Because like I said, judging yourself, a constant hum of judgment isn't healthy psychologically in the long term. So it needs to be worked on gradually over time. I, I don't think a lot of people in society in general know that you can work on these things, that you can learn to understand who you are at your core and learn to accept that. And through that, you become more psychologically healthy. You have better interactions with people. You go naturally where you naturally feel at home. That's the goal here. The other weird side of this I noticed with the deep thinking and artistry, being an artist, is that on one level, I love that about myself because I'm like, I'm like if I could choose to be a deep thinker, an artist type of person, I would choose that. Because, because that felt experience of life feels good to me. Because there's, there's feelings of, there's meaning to that. There's intellectual curiosity to that. There's discovery, there's adventure. There's also a sense of respect, I guess, from, from the right people. Because it takes a deep mind to see a deep mind. That's the other frustrating part, I guess. This is the frustrating part, but also the opportunity. So when you come in contact with somebody who's also a deep mind, they'll see that in you. And you have that sense of that sense of mutual respect there. Because a deep mind can recognize another deep mind. But when you don't encounter deep minds in your day-to-day very often, all you get really is a sense of judgment more than anything, or a sense of a sense of I mean, maybe a bit weird, or it's it's that. So that's the flip side, that's the sacrifice of being like a deep thinker and somebody who's an artist who wants to express things and help people. That's the flip side that there's probably, there's probably 90% of people you meet randomly day to day where you'll feel a bit weird for you or until they get to know you. Oftentimes people open up anyway. I feel like a lot, a lot of us probably, I think everybody's got depth to themselves. I don't know whether everybody's, everybody is a deep thinker in the extent that they would naturally feel themselves being a deep thinker but I do feel like everybody's got depth to themselves. And when they feel comfortable in your presence, they open up and there's more of a depth to what you're talking about. So in that regard, I feel, I feel that's, that, that, that that's the way things are. But generally in your day-to-day life, you don't get the chance to, to know somebody well. So the default seems to be that unless you engage in the unspoken ways of conversing with people, then you'll feel a bit odd to some extent. But even that, I have found that the more I've accepted myself over time, the less that's become an issue for me. Because as you accept yourself, you're more comfortable not speaking a lot anyway. I think that's the the fundamental dynamic. Because when I wasn't comfortable in myself, I used to speak for the sake of it. And then that that would find me in conversations I just didn't care about. But I I felt a pressure on myself. It was like a performance more so than anything. so I don't really have that so much now. So it has gotten better. But I suppose the reason I'm talking about this, the reason I was looking at a book and I was looking to understand this better was because I wanted to really hit home with the fact that, no, this is how I naturally am. Because it was self-deprecation was setting in on me. It's, it's always been there. There's been an undercurrent of self-deprecation and I was kind of getting sick of it because what it's doing is that it's interrupting the flow of what I'm doing. So the self-deprecation, it's funny because I, I saw something from John Martini this morning, Dr. John Martini, 
And it was about the purpose. Well, no, it wasn't about the purpose of self-deprecation, but he mentioned in that video, a purpose of self-deprecation. Self-deprecation is feedback. And it's there to show you when you're not living to your highest values as the individual. And that made sense to me that this self-deprecation, so it isn't about me trying to trying to punish myself, trying to make myself conform to the normal. That self-deprecation is actually there because I'm not living from my highest values. That self-deprecation there is to tell me to stop judging myself for not being this made-up norm I have in my head. That self-deprecation is there is just to tell me I'm still living from that space of judging myself for being a deep thinker. So that very simple reshift, that helps me to see the self-deprecation as helpful, as useful, instead of it just sitting, because it was just kind of sitting there, kind of annoyed that it was there. And I also was kind of feeling, it's kind of like that parent who doesn't understand who you are and is trying to force you to do something you don't want to do, that you just feel it isn't you. You don't want to do that. You don't want to be like that. That's what it felt like. But then from looking at that, a simple reframe, that self-deprecation is actually there. It's just there to tell you you're still in that space of judging yourself for being who you are. It's time to move on. So then that leads me then to reading that book about misfits. The website, I think it's Mind Learning. I'll put a link in the show notes. Anna Lemoyne, I think it's Mind Learning is the name of the website. It contains lots of different articles. It's not just deep thinkers, it's introverts in general, people. Yeah, introverts in general, even in the book, it doesn't just talk about deep thinkers. It talks about different types of introverts. It really gets at like accepting who you are as an introvert because it does feel like the default in society has been to value the extrovert and the person who's great at like communicating with people and ignoring the quiet person a lot more. So I found that book useful. That website is also useful. I'll use it a bit more as well. Read some articles on there. It's insightful. And uh, yeah, I think that's it for today. That's been my little event about deep thinking. I wanted to talk about it because again, it's something that's, it's something that's very complex, very nuanced. What I also feel is very important to speak about because when you don't speak about it, when you don't start looking, expanding on these nuances, it causes a lot of psychological pain in your life. The other thing also with deep thinking that I actually respected and that I actually wanted in myself was that I associate deep thinking with intelligence. That somebody's actually intelligent, they think through things. And it was a certain element of myself too that felt like, I don't actually have it now because I see it more objective, but before I used to feel like, so with the artist and the deep thinker, the other side of my struggle was that I saw artists as real human beings, intelligence themselves, you understand life at a deep level. Deep thinkers, again, the intelligence themselves, you understand life at a deep level. I felt it very hard to identify myself with that. I felt like I was being, uh, what's the word? Arrogant in saying, in identifying with these things. What's actually happened is that it's been an actual not judging myself for being like that. And it's been in the not judging myself for not wanting small talk that often, not judging myself for putting my writing out there, working with David, putting art out there. It's actually been in that, that I've learned that that's who I am rather than trying to identify with that in the first place. Because if I went in this process and discovered that's not actually who I am, 
there would probably be a relief there to be honest because then i could fit in with that kind of normal type of person i had in my head of what a normal person should look like but it's actually been the opposite and that's how i've started to, to to learn that this is who i am and when i think about the intelligence i don't even think about it in terms of iq it's more about what's your propensity to think like what do you care about how do you want to think what sort of feelings you get from creativity so it's more just natural things i don't necessarily need to think about it's all an internal validation also because i'm not doing any tests to if it was about doing a test to tell you whether you're a deep thinker or not i go no that's rubbish even on the book it does help you with questions to identify whether you're a deep thinker but they're normal questions like do you tend to like small talk do you get energy from being in a group or from being maybe one to one with people it's those things you just reflect in your life and you're like yeah that yeah yes yes no 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 and it's just a truthful kind of experience then but yeah there are the, some myriad of different things i wanted to talk about today when it comes to deep thinking like i said read that book the power of misfits if you want to expand this further to make sense of this for yourself a bit more and to let go of some of, some of the judgments you might have around yourself for being this way that's my intention here for you today so that's it Thanks again for listening and I will speak to you on the next episode.